Hi, everyone. Welcome to Powerful Mindset. This is where we explore the methods and ideas around altering mindset for a better outcome. I think for this very first podcast, it's best for me to tell you how I arrived at wanting to alter mindset and how I arrived at finding out some fantastic ways to alter mindset, but more on that later. Um, uh, About a year ago, uh, I was sitting on the balcony with my wife, enjoying the evening, a fall evening, uh, more than a year ago. Wow, a year and a half, my, how time flies. A fall evening, and I, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to have an epic year. And what did that mean for me? Well, an epic year might be one thing for you, but for me it meant doing a lot more ultra-marathon events. Now, for those of you who don't know what an ultramarathon is, it's any distance that's beyond 42 kilometers, which is the, which is the standard length for a marathon. So they typically start at about 50 kilometers and then go up from there. 50 kilometers uh, could be 55, could be 50 miles, it could be 100 kilometers, 110 kilometers. Oh my gosh, nowadays there's these ridiculous ones where they have them for 200 miles. So you can imagine the lengths and breadths of endurance that some people are willing to test themselves with it's it's unimaginable for some Uh, for me it's just kind of a little bit far out there so back to what an epic year meant well a typical ultra runner would do around two events per year and that would be about all that most people could handle physically uh, just simply because the training load would be too high and the strain on your body would be a little bit too much But I wanted to have an epic year. So an epic year meant that I had to do more than just two events. So I combed through all the local events that I had access to. And just in case you're wondering how this applies to mindset and entrepreneurship, stick around because, man, you're going to be blown away when you find out how this affects your ability to succeed as an entrepreneur or shift or whatever you're doing and, and shifting your mindset. So so I looked at through all the events that were possible for me and locally, and I found the first one started in April. Wow, that's early in the season. So it, it put me in, in kind of a tough spot because it meant I had to make it through the entire winter training without getting sick or injuring myself. Well, fortunately, I was able to do that, and uh, I applied some new training methods, and I did my first event of the year, 50 kilometers, 1,800 meters of climb in the event and I, I i did a pr i did a personal record and did it in seven and a half hours um mostly because i had i, I got a coach i got some good training i got a coach for running uh to augment the coach that i had for for my life skills as well and i believe in coaching and i highly recommend that you get some coaching too no i'm not selling coaching so you can relax and just follow along with the story which i'm going to get back to right now um, I to to better improve my results, I decided I was going to try a vegan diet, and um, the vegan diet was promoted or, or promoted to me as an effective diet to facilitate faster recovery from hard workouts. And I saw lots of evidence and case studies that showed that that was the case. I'm kind of a science geek, and I like to read all the studies before I make a decision. Um, I hope you're like that too. I hope you don't just make a decision quickly uh, and, you, and you like to know that there's some solid science behind the decision you make too. But anyway, um, uh, that vegan diet helped me on the short term, but it didn't help me in the long term. Enter my first problem. 
my first problem was was my red blood cell count went down and my iron level dropped too and one whether one happened before the other but either way the results of those things was an incredible amount of fatigue i i and i couldn't seem to recover after that very first race and i didn't know that veganism was the cause of it and don't get me wrong i've got nothing against veganism and i would encourage anybody who doesn't go running ridiculous amounts or push their bodies to the ultimate ultimate limits that they have um, to explore that uh, it's a it's a wonderful way to eat and it's got some cool ethical benefits that go with it anyway back to my story i wasn't recovering so i went to the doctor and i said doctor um i, I i'm fatigued all the time and i don't seem to be recovering from my last uh race usually it only takes me three weeks to recover and this time it's just not happening i'm tired all the time so she sent me for a blood test and that's when they identified my low blood cell count and my low iron levels so I started taking iron supplements, um, but they didn't seem to work. They, they, they just didn't, or they didn't work fast enough. I came up to my next race and I, I felt okay at the beginning, um, but halfway through the race, another 50 kilometer race, but this one had 2,400 meters of climb. And uh, that's a lot of climbing, uh, a lot of uphill. And about halfway through the race, I, the fatigue started to come and I recognized it right away and I knew I was in trouble. By the time I got down to the last 10 kilometers and I wanted to quit, and, and when I got to the last five, I walked. I could barely stand up straight. I was dizzy, white, pale. I walked across the finish line and just fell down, collapsed on the floor, exhausted. Um, my wife was there to greet me, and she had some iron supplements, and, and I took those and, 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 and then had something to eat, and shortly thereafter, I felt, I felt better. Nothing like a, 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 a veggie burger and a beer to get you going. But, but um, I still had the problem. And uh, I had another event coming up in a very short period of time, a month away. And that one was a 50-mile event. And I really wanted to do it because it was kind of an epic, had some epic views in it. And um, so I went to the next event, uh, still taking iron supplements and, and really upping my dose and taking a lot of them on, on a daily basis. Um, and it seemed to resolve my fatigue problem, but I didn't know whether it would resolve it under the duress of a long event, like a 50-mile event. That's 80 kilometers. Um, and this one had, all, all, ultimately, I think it had 3,500 meters of climb. So it was another big one. Uh, lots, even, even more climbing than the previous one. And I went into the event, and about... 30 kilometers in, I started to feel uh, not so good. I felt this before. By the time I got to 40, I had to drop out of the race. I had my very first, what we called, did not finish. I did not finish the race. My wife was there at the aid station. She met me, and I decided to drop veganism at that point in time, and I went immediately to get a hamburger. And um, strangely enough, my body responded really well to it, and I bounced back very quickly. So I made it to the next event, which was Again, but this time I had six weeks to the next event uh, of rest time and a little bit more training, and I made it to the next event and I felt pretty good. And I accomplished that. I didn't get I didn't get the PR that I was hoping for, um, but I did get the race done. Uh, it was fifty kilometers on one, or sorry, fifty miles on on the Saturday, and then Sunday morning you get up and you get to go out and run another fifty kilometers. So wow, a total of of eighty kilometers and massive amounts of climb. Just huge climbing, 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 and of course, you'd think that the that I'd be complaining about the climbing, but it was the downhills that really hurt. 
Yeah, on with the story. So I'm I'm going on with my epic year, and it's starting to turn out kind of epic. Um, but remember when I said earlier that I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, we're going to give you a bunch of tests. One of the tests that I was set up for was a heart stress test. So two days after I had run this 80-kilometer event, um, I went to uh, uh, medical university, and I, and I got on the treadmill, and they gave me a stress test. And I immediately went in, and the doctor gave me uh, the analysis of the stress test. And his analysis, uh, after asking me a bunch of questions about my other health and looking at my other numbers, he says, uh, he said, you're, you're a lucky, you're a lucky man. I said, oh, why do you say that? He says, well, because your numbers are fantastic. They're better than any, most people I see in here. As a matter of fact, they're better than most young men, men half your age. I'm, I'm, I was 57 at the time. So, so that'll give you an idea that, that of why uh, they felt I needed a stress test and, and, and why he was saying that I was fairly lucky because most of the people that are 57 years old that this cardiologist saw were probably under some form of ailment or maybe they were diabetic or had some form of heart disease or high blood pressure or something like that. So what he, what he saw in me was somewhat unusual. And I said, and he started to ask me questions about my parents. And, and I said, well, why do you want to know about them? He says, well, because genetics is the cause of um, how strong your heart is and you have a very strong heart. And I had the bad news to tell him that my, both my parents and my grandparents all died of some form of heart disease. And my uncles, same thing. Heart disease was something very prevalent in my family. So I said, it can't be genetics that's given me this strong heart. And, and I said, could it be exercise, good diet, and clean living? He said, that may be 20% of, of your heart strength would account for that, but 80% is genetic. So, But he said, I want to do a little bit more investigation. Can we do a, a electrocardiogram real quick in the next room? And... Uh, I said, sure, no problem. And he, he hooked me up to electrodes and, and he pushes the button and he slapped the machine and he, and he pulls off the report and hands it to me. And he says, yep, you are the luckiest man I have ever met. And I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and thought to myself, well, maybe I am lucky. I took my little report and away I went. I went home. And in the evening, I was back out in a nice summer evening sitting on my balcony with my wife. And it struck me that maybe he's right. Maybe I am lucky. And Maybe I need to take some of that good fortune that I've been given and give back. And so the last race that I had scheduled for the year was the biggest one. It was 100 kilometers. And it was quite the challenge. The race director put it out that if this is your first 100-kilometer race, you won't finish. I'll be glad to take your money, though, he said. Um, and, and I decided, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do his race. I want to do something bigger than that. This is supposed to be an epic year, and if I'm so lucky, I want to give back to those that helped me get where I needed to go, to where I wanted to go. And so I decided that I was going to do a charity event, and I dreamed up an event, and I called it 24 or 160. I would run for 24 hours or 160 kilometers, whichever came first, to raise money for first responders suffering from PTSD. Yeah, uh, sounds like a crazy thing to do, and you're probably right. It, it probably was a, was a little bit crazy, and I, but I wanted to go ahead with it anyway, regardless of all the logistic problems that I had to have to figure out, the scheduling, getting the right charity, setting up a GoFundMe, um, and, and then getting people to donate. Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to do that? Well, 
things just happen to work out. I found a good charity. It was a camp where uh, uh, first responders with PTSD would get to go and they get training on mindfulness. They get training on the great outdoors, exercise, the benefit of healthy eating and so on and so forth to help control, bring their lives back to some sort of normalcy um, and deal with PTSD. Um, and he told me that it would cost $2,500 to send one first responder to his camp. And um, I said, I'm in. I'll raise the money. I, I want to give back. I want to do something for those that do something for us every day. So I set up my GoFundMe account and I started to raise money for donors. And I set my date and I applied for the permit to go run uh, around a lake, a local lake that had a 10 kilometer loop. Um, and they gave me the permit. Uh, they would allow me to run for 24 hours. Uh, even though on the trail, there's no lights, um, there would be nobody there supervising it. All I had was my wife as support and she would, you know, ha give me some food and some water every 10, every 10 kilometer loop and, and the way, way I'd go. But then the reality of all kind of sunk in the reality that, Hey, wait a second. I've never ran more than 80 kilometers and I did that in two days and I've never done it. I've, ne I've never gone more than 80 kilometers. I I've never stayed up for 24 hours. I've never been awake for 24 hours, except for maybe some misspent youthful days back, uh, back a long time ago. We won't discuss that. Um, so I was kind of faced with a massive amount of doubt. And then, then I realized, wait a second, I also, is my health good enough to do this? Am I strong enough to do this? I've been suffering from low red blood cell count and, and low iron for six months. Am I really prepared to stick myself out? Oh my gosh. The fear started to come on to me when I thought about running around uh, for 24 hours or 160 kilometers, my palms would get sweaty. Um, I, I couldn't think very well. Uh, I, I, I didn't know what to do. And then I remembered watching a YouTube video where an ultra runner said, before you can run 100 miles, you have to see yourself as a 100-mile runner. In other words, I had to change my mindset. I had to change my belief that being 57, never having done it before, and doing it with very little support and aid were not big enough obstacles to stop me, that it could be done. So I started looking for people who had done it. Lo and behold, I found people who did solo events that, that they succeeded at of this magnitude. But I still didn't have enough training. I was undertrained and I was still worried. Just seeing that other people had done it wasn't enough to, to, to bring me all the way across. Well, I know from being coached and coaching entrepreneurs that um, you can change mindset with either uh, a life-changing experience, something so dramatic it changes the way that you think and look at things, or you can change it the slow way. Now, the slow way is, is with visualization, affirmations, mindfulness practice. I believe those, with those techniques, you can, you can change just about anything in your life, but it takes quite a while. It takes a long time. So I don't have that kind of time. I only had three weeks. And in three weeks, I had to show up and run around that lake for 24 hours or 160 kilometers. That's crazy. Well, what I did was I thought to myself, 
what if I took all those methods that I know that work and combine them into one method? A technology that would put mindfulness, affirmations, positive visualization, and effective tones together in one application. Well, what can I what can I do? I'll give it a try. I got nothing to lose because in three weeks I'm gonna be running around that lake for 24 hours, whether I like it or not. And I didn't want to fail because what was I gonna do? Return all the donors' money to them? Say to the guy at the charity, no, sorry, you're I can't sponsor any first responders. I failed. Hey, wait a second. The newspaper caught this story. And now my 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 picture and my stories on the newspaper, man, that's going to be super embarrassing. I better get busy. Well, I created a video. I created what I call powerful mindset videos. I put a tone that would automatically put me into a mindfulness state. I recorded some affirmations and I put them into the video. I put some positive uh, a happy, smiling-looking people that would give me a happy attitude towards what I was listening to and, and watching. And uh, I put it all together in a package, and I watched it every day, several times a day. And within a very short period of time, my doubts started to vanish. It just slowly kind of slipped away. When I would think about it, I even started to kind of look forward to it. No more sweaty palms, no more panicky feelings, no more fluttering heartbeats, I calmed down. Oh my smokes, this technology works. I was happy, very happy, <laughs> very happy that now when, when as the time got closer and closer, I, I wasn't just more and more afraid, I was more and more excited. So, wow, we made it over the hump. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I know I can do it now. So what did I do? Well, I showed up. Eight o'clock in the morning, the press was there, took my picture along with a sign and a couple buddies who showed up to run the first couple laps with me and uh, off I go. 24 hours later, I had run 142 kilometers and I raised $4,500 to send not one, but two first responders to that camp. I set out what I accomplished, what I wanted to accomplish. It was miraculous. Miraculous. What did it do for me? It made me realize that whatever the mindset is that I have, I can change it. And here's the real big one. And I promised I told you this if you stuck around to the end of my story. It doesn't matter what the mindset is. I can take the same mindset and apply it to money, entrepreneurship, health, relationship. Man, over the next few months, I started making lots of these videos, both for my clients, for my friends, for my family. You won't believe what happened. The stories I got back, I, I had one fellow call me up and say, what did you put in that video? I said, why do you ask? He said, I watched it once. I started crying. Well, I have no idea what would make you cry, but did it make a difference in your life? He said it did. And I finally found the one thing that I could use to make a difference in people's lives. So stick around. I'd like to make a difference in yours. I've got lots of tips and tricks, lots of ideas to share with you. We're going to get some interviews going with some people that have a better insight into mindfulness, better insight into uh, the wisdom of changing your mindset. And we're going to change mindset, our mindsets together around all 
issues. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by.